It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. And good Saturday morning, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. It's a beautiful day in Austin, Texas. Thank you so much for joining us on today's Christian Talk, The Bridge. This is Kathy Enderbrock, and I have in studio with me this morning the beautiful Marlene McMichael. It's great to be with you today, Marlene. And you. Thank you. Well, friends, we love spending time with you at the end of each week. It is Saturday, and this is the last Saturday of, of May, and I just hope you're doing well. Uh, we just want to take some time to encourage one another so that we can finish May strong. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for the Love Ladies, you can reach us at Facebook at Love Talk Radio or visit our archives at lovetalknetwork.com, and you can email us there. Well, we have an incredible guest. Guest for you today. We've been having some amazing guests all uh, this entire month of May and looking forward into June. Some incredible leaders that God has raised up, not just within our community, but nationally and internationally. And today we are going to be discussing truth and courage in Ukraine. And we have an incredible guest who's been on the Love Talk program before, and he's going to be talking with us about what is going on in the nation of Ukraine. But now, moms and dads, we just want to put out a a, a slight warning. Some parts of the program may be hard for children under 12. So if you have some kiddos that are under 12, uh, or maybe some kiddos that um, are having a little bit of problems with anxiety and some of the, the, the challenges that are going on in the world, maybe have them step out into the other room because we are going to be talking about what's going on in in Ukraine. Uh, Some really great stuff about what God is doing there as well, but also some of the hardships and challenges and uh, difficulties that are happening. We are going to ground our program in Scripture, as always, friends. And we're looking today towards uh, the New Testament book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 12. And it says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Oh, friends, the world needs more of that, doesn't it? We need more compassion and kindness and gentleness and patience and humility. And we're going to be talking about that today and how those are making a difference in the nation of Ukraine. Well, we are having on the program Tom Doyle and Marlene. If you can introduce Tom, I know he is ready to go. All right. Well, Tom, this is my first introduction to you, so I'm very excited about what you're going to share today. But I want to let our listeners know that Tom and his wife, Joanne Doyle, have been married for 38 years, and they have six children and seven grandchildren. The Doyles pastored for 20 years before God called them into the full-time work at in the Middle East, Central Asia, and North Africa in 2001. Tom fell in love with the Middle East on his first Bible tour of the Holy Land. In 1995, he became an official tour guide for the state of Israel and developed a passion for ministering to the Israeli people, Arabs, and Jews alike. In 2001, Tom and Joanne felt the call from God to full-time ministry in the Middle East and began working in the heart of the Islamic world shortly after the terrorist attacks on September 11th. Tom and Joanne serve in, have served in places like Egypt, Iran, Iraq, Jordan, Syria, and the Palestinian ter- territories of Israel. In 2017, John and Joanne launched Uncharted Ministries, which seeks to inspire the body of Christ to rise up, join the great awakening among Jews and Muslims in the Middle East and in the uncharted territories around the world. Tom, Tom and Joanne together lead groups to the Middle East through their lands of Bible tours. And Kathy wanted me to make sure and point out that you are the author of five different books, and there may be more than that, I'm not sure, but her favorite, it was published in 2012, and it's titled Dreams and Visions, Is Jesus Awakening the Muslim World? And she says that's a must read. Well, welcome to Love Talk, Tom Doyle. It is great to have you with us. Great to be with you. And guess what? I need to send you an updated bio. Okay. You know, in the last couple of years, we've been married 41 years now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We we had this explosion, and that's not a good word when you work in the Middle East, but it, this was a holy explosion of grandkids. <laughs> we have 14 now. 
Oh my 14. goodness. In the last couple of years, there were seven born. It's like happening all at once. Wow, this is like an exponential increase. You have a village. (laughs) We're like an unreached people group, only we're (laughs) reached for Jesus, you know? Well, we have so many questions for you today, Tom, and we like to start out with our our first one that we ask all of our guests, and especially for our listeners who um, maybe this is their first time hearing you on Love Talk, and especially for Marlene, this is her first time. How did can you share with us and with our listeners how you came to know that Jesus loves you? Mm. Well, you know, I heard that I was religious growing up. I went to the church, but really uh, didn't know Christ as my Savior. And my senior year in high school, this this convergence came about. Uh, my whole life was about sports, and I wanted to be a pro baseball player. That was it. And we won the state championship in baseball. And after that, it was just like very deflating. That's it. That's what I prepared my whole life for. And I started asking questions. Little did I know there had been people praying for me in the school because I, I guess, been known, sadly, as I got it partied and all of that. And young people kept asking me to go to this thing once a week and it was called Young Life. And I didn't want to go to Young Life. I don't want to go to Young Life. It's just great. And finally, one day, uh, a friend of mine that played sports said, I love Young Life. Because the cutest girls in school go to Young Life. Oh, there's the draw. <laughs> and I said, what time does that meet? You know, I mean, how's that for motivation? But Jesus met me there. I heard songs. I heard worship. I heard someone speak for maybe 10 minutes maximum from John 14. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And it just pierced me like a sword through my heart. And I realized I had something missing in my life. And within a couple of months, I realized Jesus loved me and gave my life fully to him. You know, we have a a guest coming on next month, and she was led to the Lord much the same way. Somebody said they got cute guys in church, and so she went. And uh, so God will use whatever it takes. That's right. That's for sure. Oh, my gosh. Well, I tell you, Tom, one of the things that really made me want to do this program, um, I'm on a news feed, and I received an update from a pastor on the ground who's ministering in Ukraine. And he shared stories of genocide, rape, mass burial mounds, uh, brutal treatment of the people, Mm -hmm. dehydration, starvation, the Russian troops corralling animals and setting barns on fire so the people would have no food sources. And I I could not believe it. And and Russia's response, Putin's response continues to be, no, 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 none of that is happening. It's all propaganda by Ukraine. Russia's not doing any of that. Tom, we want to hear from you. What is going on in Ukraine and how is the international community sitting back and allowing these these brutal atrocities to happen? Well, you know, I I believe that they are happening from what we're hearing from our national leaders who are working in Ukraine. And we have a team, we have a first response team at Uncharted and they're going in and rescuing uh, families, and this team is made up of Russian believers and Ukrainian believers, and many of them are Messianic believers. They are Jewish background. They came to faith in Christ, and um, they're working together, and they've seen some of the worst things you can imagine. So I, I really believe it. Uh, we've heard stories all throughout the different cities where Russia's had a strong presence, and you know, I, I look at I look at Romans 1, and it says that the wrath of God is being revealed. It's going to be revealed from heaven against all the ungodliness, godlessness, and wickedness of people who suppress the truth. Is this happening? I think it probably is. And, of course, there's narratives out there to suppress the truth so that this news doesn't get out. But we hear isolated stories of individuals that tell us what they've experienced, and we think it's happening. And sadly, um, our, our news is politically driven, and so sometimes the truth is not what they want to be aired. I, I believe it's happening, and it's a travesty. Well, I... I was watching Franklin Graham when he held that beautiful 
Easter service in Lviv, Ukraine. And uh, I, I was thinking it was beautiful watching um, just this service happening. But then it hit me that at the same time, there were two opposing forces battling in one nation, the kingdom of Christ and the proclamation of the gospel at this 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 Easter service, the power of God to bring victory of life over death. And yet, in contrast, these brutal acts that were being perpetrated against the people that very, very weak, that, that this brutality that destroys everything mm-hmm. it touches. And I think so often God's kingdom stands out in stark contrast in the darkest of times. Can you share mm-hmm. with us what you have been witnessing God do in Ukraine since this war began in February. Well, you know, uh, the physical war on the ground is just merely a reflection of the spiritual war raging in the heavenlies. And we see what's happening. Why would this nation, why would it break out in this nation? Well, we know that Satan is subtle and he always has strategies. This is the Bible Belt of of Europe and Europe. Many more messianic, more Jewish believing congregations in Ukraine than any other European country. And so this is uh, sadly uh, an enemy plot, about 60 to 70 percent claim to be Christian. We don't know, you know what that all includes, but we do know this. There's a significant move of God in the Ukraine as, as believers are growing and churches are being formed. Uh, but we've seen some miracles and we've seen some rescues. Yes, it's horrible, but like we say at Uncharted, every soul matters. And we have seen some amazing things. I have a picture of a Ukrainian that was shot by a Russian soldier and by a Kalashnikov rifle, and the bullet didn't pierce his skin. It stuck in the New Testament that he oh had gosh. in his top pocket. Praise the Lord. It's there. The bullet's still there. He didn't have to pick it up off the ground. It's stuck in the Bible. The Word of God saves us spiritually and physically <laughs> in this case. And and this man was rescued. And so we're seeing these things. We're seeing people. There was a pregnant woman that was way on the east side of Ukraine. And she was having a baby. And the hospital was bombed out. There was little food in the city. Uh, she was by herself, husband off, fighting in the war, delivering the baby, sent an SOS out to some people in Poland. And do you know that they navigated with a van around the checkpoints, around the battlefields, and got food to this dear woman who had delivered her baby by herself? Wow. And they took her in that van and got her out of the country with her newborn. And she's safe. Past all of the now, checkpoints. And you talk about high risk. Believers that are willing to put their faith on the line. This is the sister in Christ that needs rescuing. And so they went in. They fed her. They helped her. They got her all packed up, put her in the van, and they got her through. She's in Poland now, and she's safe. So the, these are heroes of our faith that are doing this. And so... The news is obsessed with the depravity, and we get it. Uh, There's always the breaking news, and here's the news story. But there are heroes on the ground, and and I just love this because the body of Christ has no boundaries. There's no ethnic division. We are one in Christ. We are sons of God. And it's believers that are Russians and believers that are Ukrainians that have come together to rescue those that are in danger in the midst of this horrible war. I just think that's a a blessing. And if the world can see that with hatred on both sides, but those that follow Jesus have come together to do something good, pretty amazing story. Well, Tom, thank you so much for opening our eyes, helping us to see what's going on, and not only to see, but to understand, and not only to understand, but to then step into what's going on. Uh, We are so grateful that you've given us your time. We're going to have you all the way into our second segment as well. Friends, we're going to ask, Tom, how do we step in as believers in the United States to make a difference? Do our prayers count? Do they matter? Do they make a difference? Where do we even start praying? What do we pray for? Who do we pray with? 
what words do we pray? Is there a scripture we should be pressing into? Tom is going to get into this and open this up for us. And friends, you are not going to want to miss our second segment. We're going to hear from our amazing sponsors who keep us on the air. You're going to want to stay with us and we'll be right back with you with more Love Talk. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. I'm Kathy Indebrock in the studio with a beautiful Marlene McMichael. And we have our special guest today, Tom Doyle, talking with us about truth and courage in Ukraine. Tom, I loved everything that you shared with us in our first segment. Friends, if you missed it, you can go to our archives at Love Talk Network and find it there. Or on Tuesday of this coming week, that will drop down to our podcast. And you'll be able to get the the full program there and share that with your friends. Now, Marlene, I know you had a question for Tom that uh, we were talking about at the break, and that was, it's so good. I know that our, our listeners are going to want Tom to share that with them. Well, my question is, we we jumped right into the, what's happening in Ukraine now, but because the majority of Americans, and particularly in my circle, have never been to the Ukraine, so could you kind of paint a picture of what the country's like for us so we can kind of humanize what's happening there and you know what's there um you know what is peace in ukraine what does it look like Mm -hmm. in a modern Mm -hmm. world Mm -hmm. well it's a really good question and um you know one of the things that we're finding is that the ukraine being a post-communist country there was a great openness for the gospel. It's a good thing that, that people coming out of the shadow of communism are open and searching for a relationship with God. So that's a good thing that we saw happening. It is not a country without problems. Uh, when there's a vacuum of power, there's always a struggle for it. And there has been some of the similar things that they've had happen in Russia with, um, with, uh, what do they call them, the oligarchs in <laughs> Russia, they have some that, that there was definitely Ukrainian um, bad business. That's that's for sure. In fact, some of the people high up in the government in America were involved in it. So that's a whole nother thing. But yet they were thrilled to be out of the shadow of communism. Uh, the, the country was growing. Uh, there's tourism coming. They're living a fairly good life. But they saw the storm cloud coming for months and months, and they feared, of course, that that Russia was going to attack, and they did in full force. Recently, I've just heard that maybe in the next few days, Putin may declare war on Ukraine. And I think when I hear that, so this wasn't war? <laughs> How much worse can it get, right? This is not an official war. What is this? A, a skirmish in his eyes? I, I don't know. But the Ukrainians were crying out for help, unfortunately, that wasn't heeded by NATO or America, and they were were um, stunned at how fast um, Russia came in and, and, and started just steamrolling over the cities. So went from a good, peaceful country, not without problems, to just uh, hell on earth, really. Now, I mean, Tom, I, I it amazes me that um, a, a ministry from the Middle East is so involved there i i'm just so looking forward to to going Mm. to israel with you and and joanne and uncharted ministries this june and when i was talking with my dear friend lisa who's also a dear friend to you all i I was asking her what do we pray for how do we help and and we began praying this prayer um that like god did with sennacherib that he would put a hook in putin's nose and a bit in his mouth and turn him back around the way that he Mm. came and uh, Lisa said, oh, yeah, you know, Tom and Joanne, they're actually getting involved there. And if you want to help get money across to help the Ukrainian people, you can do that as well. But uh, how how did you get involved here? How did you reach <laughs> across that gap? Oh, well, thank you. It's, it's definitely the Lord's doing. And we have a first response team at Uncharted. We're not a very large ministry here in the States, but have a small group and a very large group out there and some high-level partnerships. So um, we have friends out of Israel that work in Ukraine, Poland, Germany, reaching Jews for Christ. And immediately we knew we needed to do something, and large sums of money came in saying, help them, help them uh, escape, help them eat. Um, obviously, humanitarian 
uh, efforts can be used as a great conduit for the gospel. And so we already knew who the partners would be and immediately linked arms. And we just say this at Uncharted. We're, I can't say that we're anything special, but yet when it comes to ministries working together, if people can just put down their logos and their egos, they can get a lot done for Jesus. And I mean within a day. The partners were lined up. The strategy was formed. People started praying. The funds started coming in. And praise God, lives have been saved. So people can get involved. I think what we are hearing over and over again in some of our guests is that we as Christians need to prepare to do just what you just said, is to work Mm -hmm. together and prepare for disasters and and crises Mm -hmm. so that we know how to then reach out and serve those that are in trouble. So I think that's that's very confirming. Thank you for that, sharing that. That's so true. The Jeremy story, whom we just interviewed last week, his life motto is we can do more together than we can apart. And it's such a so biblical true. principle. And it's amazing to see then how God is using that to reach out and, and help uh, the people that mm-hmm. are in Ukraine. So, Tom, I, I would ask you this. Um, you you I, I know when we're going to... Israel, we're going to have the opportunity to meet with a pastor from Ukraine and hear from him firsthand. And so we see then how Uncharted has gotten involved. But how is it that Israel's gotten involved? What is a pastor from Ukraine right now doing in Israel? Well, you know what? There, uh, Israel has been a destination for Russian Russians to immigrate to and Ukrainians. And so we have a team that we work with. We have a Holocaust initiative, and our goal was this as we formed Uncharted, was this to try to reach every Holocaust survivor with the gospel before they die. And about 150,000 in Israel, and within years, maybe five to six years, there won't be any Holocaust survivors left. It's the, you know, Israel's been a state for 70-something years. The war's been over for well, past that, mm-hmm. so um, the World War II. So, um, praise God, uh, Holocaust survivors are finding out who Jesus is, and we get a chance to do banquets and uh, meet them, and they hear our stories. We tell these Holocaust survivors how much we love them and pray for them, and we're honored to be with them. We have a big banquet, bring them gifts, and then after that, they want to they want to dance to the Hava Nagila. So get ready, Kathy. <laughs> I don't know if you're a dancer, but you're going to be after you. Isn't that <laughs> the, from the Purim celebration? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Right. They do that. Yeah. And so, anyway, there's a team that goes back and forth, and then we have leaders that we've worked with in Poland, in Germany, in Israel. So that's kind of been the focus of of what um, how we've been working through the people there. And then Uncharted's taken a team in about a month. We'll be going there, too. So. Wow. What you're telling me, though, Kathy, Kathy knows this, that you and my daughter need to meet. <laughs> my daughter was <laughs> the first Gentile that the Israeli embassy in Washington ever hired, and she did their congressional oh, wow. affairs, and she loves Israel. And uh, so oh. we need to get you two to meet. I would love that. I would love it. Okay, so this just reminds me of a scripture. Can I just read something Absolutely. here? And I know you've got questions here, but it, the the sons of Korah, you know, Korah's rebellion. You, look how many were killed because of their their defiance against Moses, and it was really a standoff between them and God. But there are some survivors, and here are these men that write psalms, and they're they're so powerful and. Their, their forefather tried to take over the nation of Israel, but they have a heart for all the nations. And Psalm 47, clap your hands, all you nations, shout to God with cries of joy. We know that's going to happen. The nations are going to be gathered around the throne, every tribe, tongue, and people group. We see it in Revelation. But the psalm before that, Psalm 46, talks about how difficult the days are. And we're, we're going to see the nations clapping their hands, but they're not doing it now. You go back to Psalm 46, 46, and we see God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Not just a historical miracle worker, an ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And then, of course, it goes on, and it says in verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted. 
among the nations. I will be exalted among in the earth. And so we're not seeing that large scale. But you know what God's allowing us to see? He's giving us snapshots from the nations, from Ukraine, from Iran from Syria, from some of the most difficult places in the world, of people getting saved, of people getting transformed. And, Kathy, we were at a Holocaust survivor banquet in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, We had a Palestinian from the Gaza Strip that grew up hating Israel. He got saved in high school, used to fight against the Israeli Defense Forces. He wanted to speak at the banquet. He's a believer and one of our ministry partners that we work with. He got up and shared with Holocaust survivors, I'm a Palestinian. I grew up in the Gaza Strip, and I hated you. I wanted to kill you. And, of course, he's Arab. But Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, saved me. And I wanted to be a full disciple, not just a partial disciple, picking and choosing. I want to be a full disciple, and that means to do everything Jesus said. And he said, love your enemy. And Jewish people were my enemy. And I asked God to forgive me, and he filled me with a love for all of you. And now... I am just honored and privileged to live in a country that is a Jewish country. And please forgive me for how I hated you. I love you now in Jesus' name. Oh, my gosh. That makes me it, cry. Wow. <laughs> I just said. Go ahead, Tom. Go, oh, God. Let me just add this little P.S. There was a woman in the first row that had survived a death camp. And not only that, she'd been stabbed at the Damascus Gate when there were some stabbings by the Palestinians. Stabbed like six times, went to the hospital. She's a Holocaust survivor, almost 90. They didn't think she'd make it. She made it. She's at the banquet. When she hears this Palestinian is getting up to share, she crossed her arms. She shook her head no, like, I don't want to be here. His warmth, his Holy Spirit coming out of him just warmed her heart. And tears started to come down. I, I mean, I cried just thinking about it now. And afterwards, he saw that. And walked up to her when he was done speaking and just gave her a big bear hug. <laughs> so then after that, we're celebrating. We're doing the Hava Nagila. And we look over and those two are dancing together. Oh, my, my goodness. The, you know, reconciliation. I just think I hear that word over and over. God's heart is a heart of reconciliation, that we would That's be right. reconciled to him, that we would be reconciled to one another, that we would um, have no dividers, no barriers, that we would have no egos, or as you say, put down the logos, put down the egos, put down put down the past and move forward with God and move forward mm-hmm. with love towards reconciliation. That is a beautiful story. I just think, listeners, there are some of our listeners today who think, I need reconciliation in my life. I need that kind of love and forgiveness in my life. I have hate in my heart that I need to let go of. And friends, I'm telling you, the Spirit is willing. God is willing. He doesn't want you to live with that hate. He does not want you to live uh, with that division. He wants to bring you completely and wholly into his family as a child of God and fill you with that love uh, that is going to enable you, that is going to completely cause that hate to flee and leave your heart. And Tom, I just love these stories that you bring that no matter the trauma, no matter the tragedy, no matter the background, God brings healing and wholeness and love and goodness and abundance. And that is the kind of God that he is. Amen. It's so true. And and if the world can see that, that former enemies can truly love each other and experience forgiveness, not a toleration, a true love, these two, they kept dancing throughout, you know, together. They're, they're holding hands. This is the woman that had her arms crossed and said no. And God melted her heart. And she was able to see the love of Christ in him. And she received it. So, Amen. yeah, it's beautiful. Tom, help us to understand how can we step into what is going on in Ukraine? I, I firmly believe that God has not made apathy an option for his children. A follower of Christ, apathy is never an option what what do we do when we hear what what's going on? What how do we step into that? Sure, sure. Well, you know, I think uh, obviously the best thing we can do is pray. We know that um, not only is this a physical attack, but like I said, the physical war on the ground is a, re- a reflection of the spiritual war in the heavenlies. And to not only just pray for the individuals for their lives to be saved, but also to pray for the church. 
The church can be fractured during times like this. There can be disagreements on what's the best way to go. Do we stay? Do we leave? Whatever. I know churches that almost split over masks or no masks or Black Lives Matter or do I get the vaccine or not. I mean, this happened in America. The same thing can happen globally when a crisis happens. When 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 a crisis happens, the un, uh, things that aren't right within our soul can just kind of bubble to the surface. So pray for the church in Ukraine. In Russia, we received an email from a woman that was just crying out saying, we don't want this war. We love Ukrainians. We, we are like cousins. And, and so the world hates us now because what our dictator has done, pray that this would strengthen the church in Russia, the viable witness of Jesus Christ in Russia. And of course, in Ukraine, and then also you can give. Uh, you can you can give through great ministries. Franklin Graham, uh, Samaritan's Purse is awesome. There are others were involved. Uh, we uh, take zero percent off uh, funds that come for um, rescue initiatives like this. You know, first response initiatives. We want everything to go to the front lines, and so that's what happens. You can you can give, and you'll see lives that are saved, but also you'll see spiritual. Things happen, like Elena, who, oh, you have a question. Go ahead. I just, before you move off of that, what's your website that they can go to in order to give? You bet. It's unchartedministries.com, U-N-C-H-A-R-T-E-D, unchartedministries.com. You can do that. Yes. Okay, Tom. So you talked about Elena. I want to hear her story. Elena was desperate. Her husband was in the military. She was separated from him and had two children. Darling. Oh, oh my gosh. We can send you the picture. Just darling. Well, her husband is separated. The war starts. Both cities they're in are getting shelled. And her children are with her husband. They have joint custody at this point. She can't get to them. And they're about 100 miles away. She was so desperate one night. She sent a message out to one of our leaders that she had met because she had gone to Israel being Jewish once. She called on the phone and said, I'm probably going to die tonight. And my children are in another city. Their their father is out fighting the war. They're with some neighbors. They're probably going to die tonight. Would you pray for me? And she said, I think I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. She was just all over herself. You can imagine as a mother, how could you even protect? And so... Our leader, Maxime, visited with her for a couple of hours and was talking her through reading scripture. Come to find out she's not a believer. She's Jewish, not a believer, and just falling all over herself with her misery and her fear. And in the midst of it, there was an opening. He shared the gospel with her, and she prayed to receive Jesus as Messiah right there on the phone. Wow. He's a gospel-sharing machine, but he said, I've never prayed with anyone on the phone in a different country like this, but it happened, and it was legit, and she's reading scripture, and God's speaking to her heart. Well, the long and short of it is this. After two weeks, she was able to be reunited with her children, and they survived in bunkers like she was in bunkers. They're together, big picture of them with biggest smiles, and she and her husband had decided to reconcile after wow. all of this. Amazing. That's glorious. I, I love glorious. <laughs> that in our darkest times, God is a light. I love that even that scripture that says the unfolding of his word gives light. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that so many people maybe that have stuck those Bibles on a shelf are now just holding them dearly and opening those pages and digging into God's word and just seeing him minister to people, but also those leaders who are willing to be on the phone and call and reach out. That's an incredible ministry, what can happen when we just um, when we just talk, when we just share and, mm-hmm. and communicate. Tom, I know, I mean, you are a master storyteller, and I know that with everything that you've been involved in, you can just continue to share and share stories all day long. I... What what is your hope for Ukraine? What is your when you say, oh, you know, Kathy, best case scenario here? I mean, you know, we see how God has the things that God has done throughout the history, and and we have the written account um, in our Bibles. What, what what are you what are you praying for? What are you hoping for? Mm-hmm. What do you see as outcomes 
you know, with the pastors who are seeking God and hearing from him, what what do they believe the future looks like? Mm-hmm. Well, as much as this would seem contrary to the situation on the ground, uh, the church is healthy in Ukraine, and they're uh, working together, saving lives, sharing the gospel. We know this, persecution doesn't stop the gospel. Jesus is not on his throne biting his nails because of what's happening in Europe. It's under his control. It's under his sovereignty. So whether they are absorbed by Russia or whether they experience freedom and actually win this war, uh, we're, we're praying that that will be a, a mighty revival in the midst of it because we know this. Persecution and harvest are like twins. The fastest growing churches in the world are in the persecuting countries. So Iran is number one. Afghanistan is the second fastest growing church per capita in the world. The region that's growing faster with the gospel right now is the Middle East, which is the most very dangerous place to receive Jesus as Savior if you come from a Muslim background. So persecution, it doesn't, believers don't just survive persecution. We actually thrive in it. That's what we were made for. Jesus said that they're going to hate you because they hated me first. And so there's an assault on the church, and it's here in America right now. We see what's even happening with abortion and some of the things that are, you know, could be happening at churches soon and sad things But uh, because of this. But this is what we're made for. And um, the language we speak to the world oftentimes uh, when we talk about truth about issues does not compute. It sounds like a foreign language to them. And the reason is, is because we're foreigners. We're from the kingdom of God. <laughs> We've been translated there and, and they're back on earth here and can't understand why we believe these things. Why would we even think that the Bible is true and Jesus rose from the dead and we need to stand pure before God? They wouldn't even get that, couldn't understand it. So whatever happens in Ukraine is this. We pray that the church would accelerate and that the gospel would would uh, flourish like never before in this area, whether they stay free or whether they're absorbed into Russia. It'd be better for them if they weren't absorbed <laughs> into Russia. We pray that, but we don't know what God's going to allow well, at this point. We are going to be praying that the Lord would give them their freedom and liberty, but uh, and and bring revival as well through this and bring Amen. revival in the Russian church. Well, Tom, we have about uh, a minute and a half left, and I know you and Joanne are your days are so full, and you're just stepping out each day into uh, those places that God would have you step. And I know sometimes life can get very challenging and difficult, and I just want you to share with us what is your greatest hope that keeps you going and loving others when the day is is long and those doors seem closed and your strength just seems insufficient mm-hmm. for the task. Well, you know what? It's Jesus and his might and power that's moving throughout the world. We have some friends that uh, minister in Iran, and of course, Joanne is a television program that goes into Iran, Flourish, where so many women are watching it. And there was a woman that was so dissatisfied with her life she was going to kill herself. She had pills in her purse, and someone on a bus one day saw her and just said, are you okay? And she said, no, I'm not. I'm overburdened with things. She said, here's something I want you to read. And it was a little pamphlet about women in the Bible. It ended up that she got off the bus, and this woman looked at this pamphlet and ran after this woman and said, this is about God. Did God send you to me? And the woman said, yes. He did. Later on, she opened her purse. She saw the pills. She saw the magazine. She went for the magazine. She read it cover to cover, and she trusted Jesus as Savior in Tehran. That's why we're here, folks. That is why we are here. Tom Doyle, thank you so much. Thank you for the time that you've given us. God bless you. God bless your ministry. I I just am so looking forward to spending time with you this June. Friends, if you want to reach Tom Doyle, you can go to unchartedministries.com. If you want to see, uh, learn a little bit more about Elena and the story you heard there, see what they're doing in Ukraine and what you can pray and how you can uh, give financially to uh get money to those places of need, you can go to unchartedministries.com. Tom, thank you so much for joining us on Love Talk. It was wonderful having you with us. Oh, my pleasure. Let's do a live one in Israel. I love it. So <laughs> how do you get on one of your trips to Israel? 
Oh, well, we, we uh, yeah, we, we don't publish them. They're typically kind of uh, done word of mouth because of the area we work in. So we have to kind of be careful with our travel with the threat level we have in the Middle East and that. So we let people know. Okay. We to them. Well, friends, we have got to go to break to hear from our amazing sponsors who keep Love Talk on the air. And we will be right back with you for our final segment to wrap all of this up on truth and courage in Ukraine. Stay with us for more Love Talk. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk on today's Christian Talk, The Bridge. It is great to be with you. I'm Kathy Endebrock in studio with the beautiful Marlene McMichael. And we just said goodbye to our special guest, Tom Doyle, with Uncharted Ministries. We've been talking about truth and courage in Ukraine and Marlene, my production notes are just covered with my my handwritten notes all over them. It was amazing everything that Tom shared with us. He had so many little nuggets. And, you know, mine is just as covered up, except that <laughs> yes, yours is are. neater. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes, he had so many nuggets. And one of those... Um, well, I'm going to let you start. Well, okay. The thing that got me the most, okay, oh gosh, okay, two things equally got me the most, is that we've seen for whatever reason, and I love the way the Holy Spirit does this, we have seen a theme with these guests, guests that we've been having on the program more and more and more. We hear the body of Christ can do more apart or can do more together than apart. Tom said, what we're finding is that when we come together, we are most effective. If we can put down our logos and our egos and work together, that the body of Christ has no boundaries. And friends, I just want you to think about this. This is so true. When we are linking arms as the body of Christ, we can cover north to south and east to west. We can span the nations for Christ when we work together and we don't allow these uh, differences or distance uh, or these um, maybe sp- Past separations to stand in our way. We put down our egos. We don't want to claim credit. We give credit to Christ and we step into these gaps and then we watch God work. Amen. And the second thing that's repeated in all of our guests in this last, really, two months is that courage. Yes. We we are not to be timid Christians. That we are to get off the sofa and speak and do courageously for God. Yes. And, you know, Tom talked about that all the way through his program. Uh, remember the little story of uh, Elena and her two children? Yes. And how she was afraid and she became a Christian and, and or the mother who was having a baby. And from another country, Christians come and find her and take her out to safety with the baby. I mean, that's that's scary. To go into a war zone when you don't have to. You know, I think that when uh, the Holy Spirit inspired uh, men to pen the 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 Hebrews 11 heroes of the faith, friends, it was not meant to stop with those few names. Your name is meant to be added to that list. We are meant to step forward with courage and faith and do amazing things and be a hero of the faith. No Christian is meant to live with apathy. No Christian is meant to live a small life. How can we live a small life when we serve such a big God? We can only live big lives. Amen. And lives that are empowered by yes. an almighty God. That's and the world needs that. You know, one of the things Tom said was that um, the physical picture of war in the Ukraine 
is really a picture of what's happening in the heavenlies. You know, that this is this is not a on-the-ground war all by itself. This is a spiritual battle. And uh, so that's... That's what's happening, you know. You know, it reminds me of what happened in World War II when Hitler started advancing and no one really was taking him seriously. And, you know, the United States was finally drawn into the war when we were attacked on our own soil. And President Truman at the time accurately identified it as a spiritual war. Uh, that this was a war against uh, the the uh, beliefs, the atheism of the Nazis, and the truth of God's word. And um, was it FDR? It was Roosevelt. Why am I thinking Truman? It, Truman came later. Okay. Well, it was FDR, friends. I stand corrected. Now, see here, if if David Barton were here, we would not. I would not have gotten that wrong because <laughs> David Barton just taught me all of this recently, or uh, a bit ago at the Governor's State Prayer Breakfast when he was going over all of this history. And it's just amazing that we do recognize, friends. There is a spiritual war going on, and we have got to draw close to that relationship that we have with the Father. We have to step into prayer. And, you know, Jesus tells us that he has given us spiritual authority, but that is not when we're standing on our own. It's when we are standing in Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit that we have spiritual authority with what is happening. Amen. And one of the things Tom talked about um, is that we need to pray both for the Russian church, because yes. there is one. And there are many Russians who don't agree with this war and don't believe in, you know, what they're doing uh, under their dictatorship. But also pray for the Ukrainian church, whom he says is in really good shape, because he says, and I love this quote, that... Persecution is really a time when Christians don't just survive, they thrive. You know, the fastest growing church, and this was something, again, Tom pointed out, are in areas of intense persecution. That is so true. And, um, I, you know, so I, I think that's right. We need to be praying for Ukraine, the people of Ukraine, the the. The horrific things that are being carried out there against against them by the Russian forces are just horrific. We need to be praying that God would turn Putin around and send him back the way we came, he came. But he, we also need to be praying for the church in Russia as well, that God Amen. would do mighty things that Tom was sharing with us that uh, they received uh, an electronic mail from uh, some members of a church in Russia that said, we do not want this. We are not for this. We are against this. We do not want know what to do. Uh, you, the Ukraine is our brothers. They're our sisters. They're our cousins. We do not want this war. And so it'll be interesting if God is going to strengthen the legs of those uh, of of the church in Russia to stand up and say no. Mm. Friends, there is a lot to be praying about. And I will tell you, you need to find your voice in prayer. You need to step forward in that. Apathy is not an option there. And I just wonder what God might do is you stand before his throne and pray. Tom shared this incredible story with us um, about a Ukrainian that got shot with a, a Kalashnikov rifle, and yet he's not dead. He's not even harmed because the bullet stuck straight into the Bible that was in his chest pocket. I'm just wondering what they're... That's the true armor of God. That is the true (laughs) armor of God. Carry your Bible with you at all times, I'm telling you. And I just wonder, was his mama praying for him? Was his wife praying for him? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I just would, did he pray over his day that day? And friends, our prayers do make such a difference. They are the power by which we step out of that house each day. Well, Marlene, I, I will tell you, I don't know how an hour has passed so fast. Friends, it's a beautiful Saturday and tomorrow is Sunday. Which means that there's an opportunity for you to go and come together with a family of believers who loves the Lord and wants to press in and learn about, uh, learn about his character, learn the truth of his word. I just encourage you today to, even this evening, you can find a church to go to, to attend. Gather together in person. Don't stay in your homes and live stream it. It is not the same. But find a church that loves the Lord, that teaches straight out of his word. I'm in Georgetown, Texas. I know I, you know, right off the top of my head, I think of Antioch Church. I think of Main Street Church. I think of Crestview. Uh, you know, there are churches all over Austin, Georgetown, Round Rock, Pflugerville, everywhere that that our airwaves reach there are churches who will love you who will embrace you and who will teach you the truth of God's word friends we need that truth and I'll tell you uh if you want to know the Lord and you don't know the Lord and you don't know how all this work works it is as easy as ABC that you admit that you're a sinner you believe that Jesus Christ is God's son that he died on that cross and rose again on the third day to offer you that free gift of salvation. See, confess your faith in Jesus Christ that he is Lord over your life and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Friends, you will be saved. If we, if you want to call us, if you don't have a Bible, we would love to send you a Bible. Call us on the love line at 512-644-7972. You can visit our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. We love you, friends. And we look forward to having Coach Carrie Brinkater with us next week. But for today, I'm Kathy Endebrock and for Marlene McMichael, This has been Love Talk, and we look forward to being with you again next week.